Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Kiba. Today's episode is, I feel a little different than my usual episodes, and I'll just give you a little bit of a background here. So I'm interviewing Yakira who, um, Apfel, who is the owner of Fit Studio here in the Five Towns, and um, you'll hear us talking a little bit about how we connected, but I just want to say that um, I talk a lot about um, movement on my Instagram, and I feel like in the beginning of my Instagram journey, I didn't really... And now I feel like I am more and um, it is pretty much intentional because I feel like for me, movement is such a powerful tool in terms of connecting to my body. Um, And for me, I often say it's like a spiritual thing and I feel strong and I feel powerful. And there's something about, you know, moving to the beat of the music that feels very like almost like otherworldly, but some people don't have that experience and some people hate movement and some people were dare I say, abused with movement, like they were forced to move when they really didn't want to or didn't like it or it hurt, or um, they were, um, you know, like there was just so much negativity forcing themselves to move because of their diet and then heating, dieting, therefore heating exercise. And like, it's really sad to me that people have such a bad relationship with it. And I did have the experience of working out at Fit Studio. And as you'll hear Yakira explain that she by design, it is immersive. The experience is immersive. And I have friends that go there who love it. And they they just, they don't feel like they're going to a workout class. They're going to like an experience, which is so cool. I'm totally on my alley. And I really wanted to hear Yakira's story because she really created this culture around movement and people love it and people run to the classes and the classes get full. And I thought it would be really cool to have her on. So I really appreciated her coming on and explaining her um, journey to where she got to and really her tenacity. Like it's, it's really not easy to start a business guys. Like it's hard. I love it. I love every day of it. I love all the different components to it. And there's definitely like an entrepreneurial spirit that people have, you know, but, um, it's not easy. And I think that her story is really, really cool. So I'm really happy to have her on. Um, another side note is that Perm is coming up next week and there's so much, um, on my plate and I'm sure there's so much on your plate no pun intended and it's just a lot and remember that the mitzvah is just to give Mishloch Manos to one person right or two people no two people two things to one person um, and have a suda and Mishloch and Matadas Levionim and here's Megillah so I know that we're all getting probably into what, what should we call it like obsessive culture or taking the mitzvahs to out of you know having anxiety culture I'm not really sure but like I'm guilty of it myself but I don't want to go there. Like this is a holiday that we're supposed to enjoy and and we don't have to make it stressful. So giving myself that talk as well. That's that's something that's coming up for me. In terms of the food, I'm asking clients, are you nervous about the food? Are you nervous about your kids with food? I'm hearing a lot less. So I didn't do an episode on this right now and I wanted to more bring up the attention of like the a lot on our plate thing. But feel free to reach out to me if you wanted me to address something specific on Parham. And if it's more about just how to handle all the food, please go back to next year, last year's episode around this time where I do address that um, on, on the podcast. So that's information for you right there. And without further ado, here is the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. 
I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, your host, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have with me Yakira Apfel. I said it right. You got it right. Okay, Yakira, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where do you live? What do you do? Okay, so I live in North Woodmere on Long Island, and I have, I'm married, I have four kids, I have a dog, and I run a high-intensity fitness studio for women that's located in Cedarhurst. Kettlebells, boxing, boot camp, some mobility work just to round it out. Um, it's very much an immersive sort of mind-body experience. It really is. I've I've been there before. So it's it's called Fit Studio, just for the listeners to know. Yeah, right? people like to call it Fit Studio. Fit. It's really just Fit F I T. But really, yeah, really. Oh, that's it's so confusing. interesting. It's confusing. We've gone through a lot of iterations. I like, totally get it. We have. I totally <laughs> but, get it. Yeah, right now it's just Fit. Very iconic. Yes, I love it. I love it. Okay, so tell me about how did Fit get started? When did it start? When did you start it? Yeah. Um. So the year that we like stamp on its inception is 2015. It was really iterative. Um, I want to bring this back all the way to the beginning. Okay. And if you're like, please do. When did? No, 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 no. I like, you know, every detail of every story. Go for it. Okay, fine. So um, uh, I was like into fitness pretty much from, I would say my whole life, but like at a reasonable age that it's, that one would start fitness. And then when I got married, I just completely chucked it. I was like, I'm doing the mom and wife and like domestic homemaking thing. And I had my first kid, I was living in Queens. And then we ended up moving to North Woodmere. And I had my second kid like a week after we got there. Wow. And I met, yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, got it. Yeah. I, I have a lot of family that helps me. Um, so after like, I would say, let's say six months of just being home, I was a stay-at-home mom. I did some like marketing and PR work for my house, but primarily being a stay-at-home mom, I, I'd made a couple of friends in North Woodmere. One of them was Lauren Balsam. And she was like, you're depressed. Mm. <laughs> you should come to Zumba with me. And she was totally right. She was like <laughs> the first person to be like, you might have some kind of postpartum situation going on, anxiety, depression. And I was like, okay, intriguing. So okay. I, to Zumba. I have a dance background also, not just fitness. I went yeah. to Zumba. She still makes fun of me. She's like the entire hour of that class, you had this stupid smile on your face. Like you were having the time of your life. And that got me re-engaged with fitness and dance and more broadly speaking, just doing something for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and after doing that, I don't remember the exact timeline here. I guess that was when well, my kid, 2013, it was between 2013 and I guess going into 2014 that I started to build out my like cadence of doing fitness things. Like I started with dance fitness and then I started doing some higher intensity stuff. And at that time, as I was redeveloping my love for it, I was thinking that I can do this professionally. Like back in the day, I thought maybe I want to be a personal trainer or something like that, along with some marketing stuff and a massage therapist and graphic design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I was like, totally. I can do this. 
professionally. Um, I reached out to uh, a woman who owned this local like pole dance something or other studio. And I said, maybe we could do a little exchange. Like, I feel like I need to brush up on my dancing skills. So maybe you train me and I'll do some work for you. Long story short, she ended up closing her business. There was like a little bit of a gap in communication. She closed her business. She started working for someone else. Out of the blue, I hear from her. She's like, hey, I'm not feeling well. I teach the Zumba class. Can you just sub for me? And I was like, it was like two hours before the class. And I called up Lauren again because she had started teaching Zumba as well. I was like, do you mind? And also um, this woman, Gloria, whose classes I was taking, I was like, do you mind if I just use your dances? I'm like, sub for the Zumba class. And they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so I did it. It was me, my mom. I can't even remember if my sister was there and two other women. Um, and that was like the beginning of everything. This dance fitness class it was in the back of a studio that was called Fitwise for Kids. And it was like, like carpeted. And we were in the back of the studio. Like the studio itself wasn't that great. We were in the back of the studio. So like torn sports carpet in the front of it, um, fitness equipment for kids. In the back, we had like our chip linoleum towel on the floor. There was happy birthday streamers strung along the back wall. Like, I don't know, maybe it was Aiden's birthday or something. And we're doing, we had this like little speaker plugged in. I bought a disco light. And that was how I started to build fit with no intention of having this like fully built out woman's studio. That's this like I said, immersive mind, body, self-development sort of endeavor. Um, and then it was just really iterative from there. And I've had people ask me before, like what I think about opening up a studio there, you know, a lot of people have a passion for fitness and it seems really cool to run a studio. And they're like, you know, should I rent out a space like this? Should I offer a schedule like this? And I think, and there's a book called the lean startup. Um, if you have the opportunity to do something iterative like this, like where you have stages, like I started, doing, it was maybe like a profit share back then, or maybe like a really cheap rental in the back of a studio, see if there's interest, see if it grows, see what kind of feedback you get. Like, obviously based on what mm -hmm. I'm saying, people know there must've been a lot of pivots along the way. Mm -hmm. um, so that class grew, we uh, redid the flooring, we redid the walls, we painted it, we got some lighting in. Um, a few years past, we bought out the space next door to us. So we expanded the footprint by 50%. Um, okay. I obviously had to hire a staff I don't know exactly when we made the shift from being dance focused. Now the dance is like, it's what we started with. It's the OG class. But like when you think of fit and when people come to fit, it's definitely not the main dish. Um, I guess it was kind of just, again, like listening to what people are saying and letting them direct you a little bit, like sticking true to what's important to you and what you believe in, but also you're ultimately providing a service. So right. what service do people want you to provide? So that is the evolution of fit. Um, there's a kids program as well. The kids program that was like here before I came here, it still exists. Um, the guy, Steve, who I worked with for a long time, who originally started and ran it, he's now working for the Young Israel Women. So he's not, I mean, he still visits because like it's his home base, mm. um, not really in the picture anymore. So now my sister actually runs a kids program. We have a teens mm. division. Uh, so that's like kind of the growth, the overview. Very, very, very cool. Okay, so I'm just going to backtrack to yeah, um, sure. 2000. And, okay, so you got me. So where are you from? Originally, I'm from West Orange, New Jersey. You're from West Orange. So how'd yeah. you end up in Queens? How'd I end up in Queens? That was like the standard path. Um, well, first for high school, my family moved to the five towns. Okay. Um, so I went to SKA and then I went to Israel for a year and a half. And then I went to Stern and then I think that was just like a very typical, um, like transient community that people were moving to because mm -hmm. I'm, uh, and also because I'm from the five towns and my husband was from Teaneck, 
that was like kind of sad in the middle of it. So it made My sense. husband's also from TNAC. I'm going to ask him. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah, Glassberg. Okay. Um, did your husband go to TABC? No, he went to MTA. Oh, okay, fine. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'll ask you after. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Okay, so so but let me ask you a question did you so what were you what was your major in college like what were you going for I was going for marketing um marketing okay. English communications which obviously plays a significant role for sure marketing. I mean you can hire out for it but that's usually pretty expensive to get someone good oh yeah um, definitely yeah. and it's interesting like my I had this was kind of the message I grew up with that I would be a stay-at-home mom for whatever reason like that was the messaging in my households the your mom was a stay-at-home mom my mom was a stay-at-home mom yeah also an okay. artist like she painted. Um, I mean, she kept herself busy. She was always doing things. And if I could be like half the mom she was in terms of how she gave to her children, I'd be really happy with myself. (laughs) Um, uh, It was either be a stay-at-home mom or be a lawyer. There was like kind of no in-between really. It was like, crisis, I'll become a lawyer. Instead, I opened a fitness studio, but kind of trying to work in all my skills. Yeah. But you, you said you were always into fitness, meaning like in high school, you were into fitness? Even before high school, I think I was running on a treadmill in like middle school. I grew up, should we go this route? I guess you'll redirect me if you don't want to go this route. My mom, yeah, my mom lost over a hundred pounds and she's kept it off. Uh, She has sisters are a lot older than I am. I have two older sisters. I have a year that's seven years older, uh, a sister that's seven years older and a sister that's 10 years older than I am. And because of my mother's weight loss and because I had older siblings like that, two older girls, there was a lot of diet talk in my household. Um, So at a very young age, I was exposed to this. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, at a very young age, also, I put myself on Weight Watchers and I got into fitness. So my introduction to fitness and food, I guess, um, diet is probably typical, but also not that healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took me to some extreme places. You know, if you're kind of moving in a certain trajectory, you have this apex or uh, like a critical threshold, like a watershed moment where you're like, oh no, this is not working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I wouldn't say that my relationship with fitness that whole time was punitive and that I didn't derive any enjoyment from it, but there was definitely an element of that which does not exist at all now in the fitness that I teach and that I espouse. Um, Aside from the fact that it's detrimental and unhealthy and a hamster wheel and deeply unsatisfying, Mm -hmm. rather than emphasizing like the downside of taking that approach to fitness, it's more from my perspective, at least, you are really letting go of such a massive upside that you can get out of fitness. Fitness is so impactful for so many people. And if you reduce it to a modality that creates a calorie deficit, you're selling yourself short. You're, you're Mm -hmm. missing the point. Totally. I I totally agree with that. And I talk about that a lot with my clients and, you know, just like joyful movement and how like beneficial it could be and totally like taking away that the weight loss thing, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you would say that you grew up in a, in a home that emphasized like, let's say, let's say fitness and weight loss. And that was on the one hand started your journey. On the other hand, you understood that in that way it was unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, not to say that the way they were going about it was like horribly problematic, but being an impressionable child, um, I took away, I took away not the healthiest messages. Right. Okay. So, 
so when you when you were doing fitness as a teen and you never you never thought that that was going to be well you said maybe be a personal trainer but it wasn't something that you pursued right it wasn't something I pursued I don't know why I don't know where that breakdown happened like why did I envision myself getting into personal training and then never took any steps to make it happen I'm not sure group fitness also is definitely a departure from personal training. I see, obviously they're both oriented around fitness, but there are a lot of different elements that go into each. Um, so group fitness is not something I ever pictured for one reason or another, but that's obviously where I sit now. Yeah. So, okay. So then, so then I also want to talk about you. So you decided that you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. I decided that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I still, I still believe that it is, I don't want to say the most important. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, you are the mother of your children. No one else can sign up to be the mother of your children in a very like ideal world. I still, I still think that's like, uh, I don't want to say the most important role you can take on because I don't want to put everything else beneath it. I think it's an extremely important and meaningful role, but, and it doesn't, if you have other skill sets, if you are a creative person, um, or you like to think critically, or you like to manage adult humans as opposed to tiny humans, there are a lot of itches that it doesn't scratch, mm. um, which is a big piece of what fit stands for. Um, you know, not everyone here works for fit. It doesn't have to be in a professional capacity, but like I mentioned before, that idea of here is something that you do for you. And I was recently storing about this, I think for women, not to sound like sexist or I'm not living in 2023 or whatever, but I think a lot of women still, because of, I think part of it is because of their giving nature, not just their roles, they get pulled into being something for other people, whether it's their spouse or their kids, or even like friendships, um, they lose sight of who they are just as an individual. And I think fitness can be like an easy gateway in a sense and an accessible way for people to reconnect to that. Right. Like you reconnect to your body, you reconnect to your, to yourself, you self, like the highest form of self-care, assuming that you enjoy it. So right. it, you're, you're checking off a lot of boxes with fitness. That's, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Che- well, yeah, I, I believe that. Is that what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. I, I think also it's like, it's something that appeals to people, maybe because of reasons that are not oriented around something as deep as reconnecting to yourself. It's like, I'm going to go to the gym because I want to lose weight. You know, like, even if that's not the messaging that we're about, that's eight out of 10 times what's pulling people in. And then it's like, oh, hey, like, I'm also getting this massive upside that radically changes the entire way I relate to myself and how I experience life. Right. Like a low barrier entry kind of thing. Didn't see it coming. Um, it's not like you have to go to therapy and do this deep work to reawaken yourself or start to find your passions you know that's like a lot of thinking and talking this mm-hmm. is like I'm, I'm just going to show up and like just get some sparks firing so you, you're you're right I hear what you're saying so you're saying it's kind of like a different form of therapy where you're not it's not talk therapy it's like movement therapy yeah um people definitely say that I also know that people really don't like when people say that. <laughs> I think if you think of therapy in a narrow sort of lens, yeah, that can be a jarring statement, especially I remember there was this audio going around and it was like something about like having really big feelings. And it was like, what do we do with our feelings? And then it's like squash them with weights or something like that. You know, people who use movement as a form of avoidance. Mm. So I think that that's sometimes where people like 
probably mostly therapists, but maybe other people to kind of get hung up on like, well, fitness isn't necessarily therapy, um, whether or not you're like avoiding feelings, but yeah, to answer your question, I do think it's, I'll definitely say it's therapeutic. Um, and for some people, I think, especially in a class where there's like more intentional messaging and talk of self-development and things like that, having both the thinking component and the movement component together can be very powerful. Um, someone actually just used the word healing. Mm -hmm. I, was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I sorry. think of fitness as like spiritual. Like I always tell people that when I'm on my spin bike is when I'm like in the zone and thinking about like, you know, self-development or whatever. It's like you're moving, you're thinking. It's like very, I don't know. Yeah, healing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I call it, I don't want to like overstep. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, you have a set of burpees or mountain climbers and this is hard, but overstep is not the word. Like um, exaggerate the significance of burpees are hard, but it's not really as hard as like interpersonal conflict, you know? So I don't mean to overstate. I don't mean to overstate the conflict that we encounter in fitness. At the same time, I, I refer to it as a Petri dish sometimes. It's like you have this controlled environment where you can deliberately introduce stress and conflict and things that you are forced to grapple with. And then if you're working with a coach who's like keyed in to your psychological experience or your emotional experience, you can kind of work through the resistance and then you have success on the other side of it. So it's like, it's not, that's the difference. That's one of the key differences, I think, between let's say going to a talk therapy and having a therapeutic fitness session. It's like, we're actually grappling with the difficult thing, watching ourselves react and then watching ourselves succeed. And the actual doing like action is mm. powerful for people. That's really interesting. Very, very deep, deep way to look at it. I mean, I look at it like that for sure, but I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm actually, you said that eight out of 10 people come to exercise for weight loss. Do you think that's really true? We have, a, I, I mean, that's not like a, that's not like a hard and fast stat. And I don't know about other gyms, but we send out a survey um, when people sign up to come to the gym saying, what brought you into the gym? Mm -hmm. I think out of, you know, dozens of responses, I've seen less like single digits anything that isn't want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But what we also hear is that after spending some time in the gym, that that goal, it doesn't go away usually, but it's dialed down and a desire to feel strong um, or continue working on their confidence or, you know, the mental emotional aspects of it, those things start to take on more importance. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been to, I've been to the, the classes. I've been to two classes and I never heard anything about like weight loss or anything. It was just all about like, kind of like what I think of is like, kind of like connecting to your core, breathing through it and like moving and like that movement of energy. I, ne I never, you know, that's what I, that's how I felt. Yeah. Listen, I think that whatever someone gets out of it, that's great. Like whatever mm -hmm. speaks to you and whatever is the messaging that lands, like, <laughs> I don't have you, have you ever taken one of my classes? No, but you, you, you introduced yourself in the class and I was like, oh, right. cool, Yakira. And then I found out that you were the owner. I'm like, she's so unassuming and like humble. Wow. <laughs> That's what I thought. I feel like it's kind of jerky to be like, hey, this is my house. So I usually just introduce myself as a trainer or someone who works here. I hear um, that, but it's just like, I don't know. It was just really nice, like a yeah. nice meeting. Yeah. 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 Well, I was happy to see you. 
Um, I think, so I go pretty hard on the messaging in some of my classes. And a lot of times people will reflect back to me. They're like, yeah, you know, I love that because you said blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not what I said at all, but I love that you got something out of it. Right, <laughs> so like, right. whatever it is that someone's getting out of it, like, yeah, run with that. Uh, sorry, to the point about us not talking about weight loss or phallus or anything like that, we don't. Right. Not... That's not, you know, sometimes we'll talk about like, at least me and a little bit tongue in cheek, like building a booty or something mm -hmm. like that. But I usually say it in the context of like, yeah, you know, I know you have these goals or maybe I'll even say to someone like, I know you maybe came in here to uh, lose fat or to get nice looking arms or to build your legs. However, if you stop at that, you're really leaving a lot on the table. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned this to you before we got on this call. I'm not like firmly in the... I don't even know what to call it. Um, but any any of the camps that are like anti-aesthetic change as a goal, I wouldn't say I sit firmly in that camp. Like I recognize and honor that for a lot of women, that is a goal that may take on less importance, but also may not go away. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I also recognize that doing the work of trying to not care about something that you do care about comes with its own set of struggles. So the way I look at it is like, well, for you particularly, what is the most realistic and healthy approach to your body and brain, body and mind stuff? And then it's like kind of taking it from there. But as a, as a business goes, I'm not, you, I think before we started this call, you said like, you, you know, you're super passionate about fitness. It's not, it's not like fitness itself. Like I, I love fitness because of the feelings that it elicits. I love fitness because it's a powerful tool. I love fitness because it is so, it is so impactful, I think, as far as self-development and it gives you the opportunity to weave in a lot of different elements. So you have the movement, you have the mindset, you have the music, you have the motivation. It all starts with M. Uh, so, and I love things that all start with the same letter. <laughs> so it's just, it's a really, beautiful like intersection for a lot of things okay for sure I want to hear more about that but the thing something else I wanted to ask you about was um you had two kids and then you realized somebody pointed out to you that you were struggling with postpartum anxiety depression right so you didn't even so so you didn't realize nobody else realized or like <clears throat> you said I don't know if, if you really chose to be a stay-at-home mom or it was by default or like like what was that like for you like were you like surprised that she said that were you like yeah, it just kind of like, and you also said like when you got married, you just like kind of like chucked fitness. Like what, what do you think led you to that, getting to that place? Was it like, there's like a lack of emphasis on self-care in your life or you didn't realize how important it was? I would attribute it more to my all or nothing personality. I think that when I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, I'm like, I'm going all in. I'm mm -hmm. going to be the best stay-at-home mom that this world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so part and parcel of that is letting other things go. Um, mm -hmm. I guess also, like if I had been more keyed into the possibility that uh, postpartum anxiety, depression is a very real consideration, then I might've been like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think also because it invested more as anxiety than depression. And because I have a history of hypochondria that it wasn't like, you know, uh, like sirens flashing, like it, like highlighting the issue. So I think all of those things together. Uh, and it's funny, like Lauren, I didn't even know her for that long. So when she told this to me, it was kind of, it was like amazing to me. And she said it like a little bit offhand, offhandedly. Um, I think 
<laughs> this is like a random takeaway. I think it's important to have good friends. Um, like I was in a transition period because when we moved to Queens, I had like some people there, but if you don't have a hub, like if you're mm -hmm. not going to the gym or you're not going to shul, mm -hmm. or you're not, you know, you're not getting out much. If you are home with your baby and that's like your sole focus, you don't really have other people from outside reflecting back to you what's going on with you. Totally. So I think that's part of the, part of the puzzle also. Um, and also just having people who are candid with you, you know, mm -hmm. like Lauren, for example, is a very candid person. Um, a lot of people are not so forthcoming. Mm -hmm. So she pointed that out to you and you kind of like accepted it. Sounds like. So I'm trying to think, I don't even remember the order of events exactly, but I knew that I was suffering from the anxiety. Like it started with hypochondria oriented around my baby mm -hmm. and then it led into hypochondria surrounding me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it was even, no, you know what? It must not have been then at some point I checked myself into therapy and, uh, what I honestly I can't remember the series of events but that came I remember I mentioned it to my therapist and he was like yeah you know maybe it is maybe it isn't but like let's just get you fixed he was great mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um I don't remember what question you asked but that was how I ended up it was a combination of getting out of the house starting to do things for myself getting in other focus movement movement alone is medicine I know people also hate that because it's not medicine and it's not a pill but it functions like a lot of medicines do and it functions even better than it <laughs> mm -hmm. without side effects uh and uh yeah, like I think all of those things coming together were really critical in getting into a better spot and getting sleep. <laughs> and getting sleep. Oh my God. Yes. Getting okay. sleep. That's massive. Yeah. So so you started doing this Zumba class and it, it sounds like a light bulb went off in your head. Like I need this and I need more of it. Yeah, totally. And then then you were doing your own like exercise routine and then somebody out of the blue kind of asked you to sub a Zumba class. So what Hope you're enjoying the episode. I just wanted to remind you that if you are enjoying the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. It really helps the podcast move up in the ranks. If you like more episodes like this, you could watch it on YouTube and you could also go to my website, www.gillaglassberg.com. If you are looking to make peace with food and you would want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you could go to my website and fill out an application. I am also running groups now, 12-week groups, where we go through all the 10 principles of intuitive eating. You will be with other like-minded women who are on this journey. There's a private WhatsApp chat, and um, I'm finding it to be amazing. Um, the women are really helping each other, supporting each other, learning from each other. So if you are interested in that, you could as, as well fill out my application on my website. And I really appreciate you being here, and I hope you're enjoying. Were you like nervous? Are you like an extrovert? Are you like, were you like, okay, I could do this? Like, what was what was going on in your head when that situation presented itself? Um, so she was a person who I'd reached out to who I wanted some like kind of mentorship from. So when she reached back out, it was two hours before class, which I was so grateful for because I didn't have time to psych myself out. Mm -hmm. Not to nobody was there. Right. <laughs> well, well, two people uh, were there. Two people. Yeah, a couple people were there. Uh, I don't even remember. I think I was mostly excited. I like, am I, I'm an extrovert. Yes. But that doesn't mean that I don't get performance anxiety uh, or, you know, the usual anxieties that all people get, but I yeah. definitely derive energy from being around and interacting with other people. I enjoy that a lot. Um, but I, I don't remember whether or not I was anxious. I think mostly excited. Did you like teaching the class? Sure. Loved it. You liked it right away. It was like, okay. But, uh, yeah. But it, it wasn't, it obviously wasn't all uphill from there. Like, <coughs> 
share it before of the growth was like this. Like I started a class and then everybody started coming and I had right. to build out my studio. Right, right. <laughs> it was more, it was more like me anxiously texting my sister, like Atara, only three people are signed up. Well, right. I, I don't want to go and teach 45 minutes of dancing to three people. Right. Or like, do people hate it? Does everybody hate it? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Totally. I mean, you said you, this is 2015 hour in 2023. So this is eight years ago. Yeah, it might have even been in 2014 because I don't like when I say the studio was established 2015, that was when we built it out a little bit more. Like, and it wasn't just these one off dance classes that I was giving. So in the beginning, it was like, I'm giving a class, I'm giving one class, I'm giving two classes a week, like that type of thing. I was giving one class. I shouldn't really say one off. It was one class recurring. And then we made it two classes recurring. Okay. You built um, a culture, right? Fit is like a culture, like you're saying this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that that was obviously by design. That is from your marketing background, or are you just kind of like again, you said you it was iterations, but like talk to right. me. About that. It I wouldn't even say it was by design. Uh I would say it was organic and it became intent more intentional towards like where we stand now. And after working with a couple of people and also realizing like five years into it that the culture and the story and the mission is just my story. Like what I went through when I went from a place of stuckness to a place of, I'll call it freedom, but it's not, it's not that like open and amorphous. It's more directed, but you know, feeling a sense of autonomy and capability. Okay. But okay. One second. Hold on. So I'm just thinking about what question I want to ask you next in terms of culture, the intention, the brand like that. So, so no, like, let's say like, was there, what was, was there anxiety for you to go from like, I don't, own a business to like, now I'm going to own a business. Now I'm going to hire new people. Like, how did you know what to do? Really? Was it, you said you hired, was it like a business coach thing? Was it just like, you had confidence in yourself? Like, I guess you said you have a lot of support. Um, because it was so incremental. I don't think there was any point where I was like, Oh my God, how can I run a business? And there were also like major financial risks. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I I shouldn't say that. Um, When we did the build out, we, it was kind of like money's coming in and money's going right back out, but it wasn't ever took on a lot of debt. But that's still really scary because you you invested the money back in the business, which I I understand. Yeah. You you assumed it would make it, you know, you would have a return on your investment, which you did, but you didn't know that. No, didn't know that. But I would say it was trending in a positive enough way that it wasn't, it wasn't too, that wasn't too stressful. I would say this is like a little bit um, tangential to the question you're asking, but when I was like at the very beginning, when I was hiring instructors and these were people who had been in the fitness industry for much longer than I had and were older than I was, that I think gave me a little bit of that sense. Like, am I really the person who is employing them? Am I the person who is telling them what to do? And that also led me to not always be a great employer. Like Um, I didn't feel comfortable demanding things that demanding is a little bit of an aggressive word, but like holding them to a standard. mm -hmm. And also back then it really wasn't as, it wasn't as structured, like not at all, not at all. <laughs> it wasn't as structured. So it was kind of like, Hey, like we have this great place. We have lights. You want to come and teach some fitness. And for the most part, I got really lucky at the beginning. I had people who were like pretty self-motivated and, um, responsible. How'd you find them? I want to say, I want to say some on Instagram. Staffing has always been one of my biggest pain points, especially staffing group fitness instructors. I got really lucky at the beginning with some very experienced, but also very kind and good people. Shout hey, out Gabby. 
Gabby, Gabby Barreto, even before Gabby Barreto, I had um, Bianca Weintraub, I had Dee Delgado, like literally she danced in a Nicki Minaj video and she's like, yeah, sure. I'll teach in your fitness studio in Cedarhurst. And I'm like, no ego. So, so kind. Wow. Yeah. And Bianca, you know, she was a dancer for the Jets, right? The Jets. Um, and they were like, yeah, cool. Sounds like fun. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So, so that I think was like a difficult thing just starting out. And as far as just having confidence, I think that I remember growing up, my sister always used to say confidence is an inside job or something to that effect. Like confidence comes from within and in a sense, I agree. You don't want your confidence hinging on what other people think about you. But I also think confidence comes from doing and accomplishing. It's not just a state of mind after you are consistently, I don't want to say successful because success is not the only piece of it. Navigating failure is a really important part too. Mm-hmm. But after you like get out there and watch yourself doing real things that, that builds your sense of self-efficacy and self-confidence. Um, so I don't like maybe talking about it in terms of, you know, having the confidence to do it. And yes, like shout out to my mom, gave me tons of confidence as a kid. You know, my parents are always telling me, despite the messaging that I should be a stay at home mom, if you wanted, you could do anything you want to those kind of, mm-hmm. together, which I guess one would imagine would create conflict down the line, but, um, it's not, I don't know if it's at least purely a matter of like confidence. So I'm going to do this. It's I'm doing this and this is building my confidence. I hear that. So, so the, so tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you gave the dance class. You loved it. Yeah. You had the studio, right? You had the um, infrastructure like this Fitwise place. Yeah. Then you started giving more classes. Then people started liking it. Then you started hiring more people. And then you decided to take the money that you were making, expand it into what it is now. And then again, with the culture, like so that 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 grew like you saw what people like with the lights and with the I go to a different gym they don't you post um the moves on the wall did you again was that all your idea was that someone else's idea um was that based on like like you're it sounds like you're creative so it sounds like one thing led you to another try this try this and see what works yeah um so it's funny I remember when I was working in like the marketing space for this guy W. Saller some people listening might know him okay and, and I was very much like creativity is thoughts that drop into your head you know like really being a creative person is totally independent and he was like well sometimes and that's a really high level of creativity but a lot of creativity starts with and often stays with pulling from the best ideas that you can find out there at least using it as a base mm-hmm. and that was mind-blowing for me so to your question, where I even got the idea for these lights, there's this place in the city called 305 Fitness, and they do dance fitness that's meant to feel like it's in a club setting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't we do this and do boot camps and stuff to it also? So I hadn't, I hadn't seen the lighting situation done for anything but dance at that point. Since then, other studios have opened that use like lean heavily on lighting. Yeah. Um, as far as a projector goes, I took that directly from Rumble Boxing. They okay. had a really clean way to have everything listed on the wall as opposed to getting like clunky TV screens. What's um, Rumble Boxing? What is that? It's a, uh, well, now it's a franchise, but originally it was a boxing studio, uh, I think, I guess, privately, uh, privately owned in the city. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's a mix of boxing and weightlifting. And at the beginning, like when I was starting fit, I used to go to the city a lot to see, cause that was like the Mecca of boutique fitness. Mm. 
And uh, the first after 305 Fitness, the other, this is when I fell in love with boxing. The other place I went to was Shadow Box. They are no longer in existence. But I remember, like you said, a spiritual experience. It's like, what is this sorcery? It was, you know, it was dim, high intensity, epic music, epic coaching. And you're just, you're just transported when you really allow yourself to go into it. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do this. I got, I gotta dig into like, what is out there and pull some of the best bits. And then also build out something that's unique to this. Um, yeah. I, I think that what's, you know what you go, I'm going to let you direct. I'm not going to I don't mind whatever you want for too long. (laughs) No, no, this is about you. I was just going to say spin is kind of like that. Like it's like with the lighting and the music and the coaching. I don't know if you're a spin person, but I've been spinning for six years and it's like my thing, but to each their own. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, I think what is amazing, the advantage that spin has, it has two key advantages. Three. One is that it can be completely dictated by the music. So Mm -hmm you're not married to like whatever the program is. So when the music, when there's a drop or when it's quiet or when it's like heavy bass, you can completely synchronize the movements to what you're doing. And that is a very immersive sort of experience. Also, if you do like a soul cycle type of spin where everything is in sync with the music, mm-hmm. that also, it's like the shared energy is very right. right. And then the, the instructor also has a lot of latitude for speaking. Like here mm-hmm. you can also coach how to clean a kettlebell and how to correctly execute your mountain climbers. Um, the reason I've never gotten into spin, even though I love all those elements and why I am obsessed with what we do at fit (laughs) is that we have the elements of mind, body, soul, whatever, but the workouts themselves are also interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I just have too much ADD, ADHD, whatever, uh, to sit on a bike for 45 minutes, even if your speech is very moving and the choreography is very fun. Mm -hmm. a little bit more going on. So the pairing of doing a kettlebell flow and you telling me something meaningful about me and my life at the same time, that to me is magic. It's immersive. Um, I get it. That's like your thing, like the immersive immersiveness of it, right? It's immersive. And then the other part of it, which is both like there are pros and cons to this is that it's higher skill. So kettlebell is definitely a higher skill tool. Boxing is a higher skill tool. The way we structure our classes are a little bit complicated and complex. But I think that barrier is what also makes the climb satisfying. I mm-hmm. think that ask people to do a little bit more, you'll have people who are like, no, thanks. You know, that's not for me. I want something that's more straightforward. But for the people who are willing, there is an amplified sense of, you know, the confidence that people get from fitness, an amplified sense of comp- confidence, an amplified sense of competence, an amplified sense of I can, I can develop something. It doesn't matter that I'm 37 years old. I can learn a new skill and become extremely proficient in it. Mm-hmm. So that's another piece of what we do and why we do it. I think it's also as we're, we're speaking, because I'm also really into fitness um, for myself, just like I don't I don't teach it or whatever. I just really enjoy yeah. it um, yeah. is because it's accessible. Right. Because like you it's probably it's probably hard to learn, like, I don't know, guitar or piano. Like maybe it's less accessible, I guess, unless you buy one of them. But like teaching it to yourself versus like you could just go to the gym and learn it. And it's like there's gyms all over the place now. So it's kind of like an accessible way to or skill to learn at that age. Does that make sense? I hear what you're saying. I think that the, you can get a more immediate payoff. Like I play a little bit of guitar and piano too. And to get to a level that you can even play a song is like, there's a lot of work up front. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, whereas, That's interesting. Um, whereas a fitness class, even if you don't know how to do everything, you could do something. You mm-hmm. can get, 
as far as accessibility, I mean, basic fitness. Yeah, I agree. Like is accessible to anyone. You can get a free video on YouTube. You can go out for a run, uh, the gym, especially a gym like fit can be a little bit limiting in terms of price. Right. Uh, in that sense, you know, it's not necessarily as accessible. I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't see accessibility as the a or a defining feature of, um, like the skill building asset built into mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But I, I hear you, you can be self-taught. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this question, but again, if it's too much, let me know. But the price is that by design, like you're trying to weed out people who are not committed because it is a higher, I would say a higher, more than what I pay at the gym, let's say. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not trying to weed out people who are not committed. I am pricing it at a level that I think reflects what we're offering. Um, and also the people that I need to pay to right. keep it running the way it does. Right. So, you know, you can get fitness in tons of different forms, but do you have, you know, a nice facility, the people who are regularly keeping it stocked? Do you have free coffee? Do you have automations and then manual follow-ups of people who are checking in with you? Are they going to send you flowers when you're, you know, out of the gym for a weekend, you're sick? Do you have trainers who are getting continuing education because they're going to be on top of, we're not cursing on this podcast, on top yeah. of their ish. And, and um, correcting you in all of your classes, uh, like you need higher level trainers for that kind of stuff, like right. to build out, you know, you can have really uh, bare bones kind right. of fitness, right. and have something that is, forget about like the class being immersive, the whole thing is immersive. Like this right. is really, uh, I don't want to say premium, this, premium, yeah, premier, let's say premium, um, premium price for premium product. That's the way it works. Exactly. I'm definitely not trying to weed anyone out. I don't want to charge higher than I think is appropriate. And I also was going to say like the other gyms that I've been to, they have like the group, they have fitness classes and they also have machines. So if you're pay, if all the classes are given by an instructor, you have to pay per each instructor. It's obviously more expensive. You can't charge like what it would be like for the machines. Yeah. I mean, most of those like big box gyms places that have equipment, they price it low because mm -hmm. I mean, as to your first point, they price it low because then people feel really no compunction to go. It's like, well, what is it? 25, 50 bucks. They don't show up. If ever all the people who were signed up to planet fitness decided to come in on one day, they could not accommodate them. Mm -hmm. They're hoping that you buy it and then don't show up. Yeah. Right. There's going to be more base of people who do, but they are riding the memberships. You know, the people who sign up for a full year of services on January 1st and never come in. Uh, right. That's actually one of the reasons why I don't like a prepaid option. Wow. Uh, we only have month to month memberships. You do need to give us a 30 day like heads up that you're going to be canceling, but I don't want people in my gym who don't want to be there. Right. People <laughs> definitely love your gym. Like everyone who <laughs> says like they go to fit or like I wake up at six in the morning. I love, and it's, it's, it is, it's extremely immer immersive. And one more question. Do you, were you hesitant to have it on central Avenue because of the parking? Like, do you consider where I am now on central Avenue? like right off of Central Avenue. So it's like, you don't have a parking lot. It was, I mean, it wasn't my choice really. Like this is where the whole thing started where FitWise for Kids was. Uh, we had, before we did the expansion, we had the option to maybe move to another lot. I don't even remember why we didn't do it. Uh, so I guess it's not really a question of was I hesitant? It's do I lament it? And the answer right. is parking sucks. <laughs> yeah, the parking is hard. And the other and the other thing is, is like in terms of like your branding, like I know I'm, I'm going to miss it. I can't come, but I know you have this like party every year on yeah. Saturday nights. Yeah. Just tell like that's tell me about that. Like where how did that start? Like such a cool idea, like to get the community to come and I, I heard it's like really fun and drinks and yeah. 
Yeah. I can't I come, but I would come if I could come. You should. I mean, you can, but maybe in yeah. the future. Yeah. Um, uh, it started at the very beginning, I think. Our first party ever was totally one of our best. Like, that's what happens when you have a small, yeah. type, really invested community. Yeah. And that's the community that we've built, but it's different. It takes on different forms. There are definitely growing pains in that period also. Yeah. But what is it? I feel like it's 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 giving back a little bit. It's like, let us throw this awesome party for all of our awesome members so you guys can have a good time uh, reinforcing whatever bonds exist already to the original point of like so many people are just doing the daily chores. You know, like what I said, we kind of get lost. A lot of women kind of get lost. It's not just domestic stuff. It is also jobs and the daily grind of life. Like how often do you get to do something that is just pure fun like as an mm-hmm. adult right fun <laughs> I love having fun I love I yeah. love it I think that's really important like forget about all the really deep messaging and the psychology and the self-development like people need to have fun totally by the way but it's also open up to non-members right it's open to non-members yeah like come one come all it's such a great idea I love it okay so where yeah. do you see fit um where do you see it evolving like is this your vision do you see uh, is there another vision like tell me about that I would love to expand, um, open additional locations. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that, for now, that's really it. For a period of time, I thought maybe I would become like a consultant to help other people build businesses or build their training staff. But I would really love to take what we're doing here and duplicate it. Um, I think that there, I think that fit is unique. I mean, a it services women only, which is, <laughs> which is um, it doesn't exist really. I don't think anymore. And it used to be just like curves or whatever. Um, and that brings its own like unique sort of energy, and you can really zero in on your clientele and what they're looking for. And like like I was saying before, we have so many modalities and like higher skill modalities. It's not and everything like I, I like to think of it, and of course I'm biased in this respect. I'd like to think of it as pulling the best of so many different things, like the body and the mind and the soul, if I will be so bold. Um, it it just all kind of comes together in this multi-modality, multi-angle, like psychologically fitness experience. I would call it more than like a, a workout. I like to think of it as a fitness experience, which is so cheesy, but- <laughs> <laughs> I like cheesy. It's immersive. Yeah. Like yeah. I think that's yeah. a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um so the basically the last thing to wrap it up is so you said before it's not so much fitness that you're that you're passionate about. So your passion is what? My passion is uh my last round of branding work we kind of boil it down to this helping people come alive. There's there's like so much gray. People are so out of touch with who they are and what they want and what they believe they're capable of doing. And if you don't have any of those things to stand on, you are not going to feel awake and passionate and excited to get up in the morning. And I like, and whether it's, you know, something larger scale, like pursuing a business or a or a hobby or, you know, something that's been like kind of in the back of your mind or just something small in your day. Like, Hey, you know, I'm excited to go to the gym today, giving people the space to get up in the morning and feel, and feel happy to be alive. Like, like I'm excited. Something inside me was dead and now it's awake and I am living 
more fully. And if we can build on that even more so, I am living intentionally. I have a better understanding of myself. I have set some goals for myself. I'm starting to pursue those things for myself. I know it's a little bit lofty, but it's really fitness as a gateway to all these other things. I understand from my perspective, because I do like I, I teach people about intuitive eating. And I always say that like, when when you use food to cope, or when you use food, even dieting to cope, right, like restriction to cope, yeah. it's, it's blocking you from the other important things in your lives. So like when people get understand why they're using food to cope, and they are using like movement as a form of self-care and nutrition as a form of self-care, they really do learn a lot about themselves. And it's like, I always say intuitive eating leads to like intuitive living, like mm-hmm. exercising, moving for joy, not for punishment, you know? So it's, it's very similar actually. Yeah. Um, do you want to share like a, su- a success story? Like for, if you, if you can, from a client who is like maybe similar to you, like you said, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's your story, like something like was reawakened in them. That's a really good question. I mean, we have reviews that come in like this on more of a surface level, like, oh, it changed my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do you mean that literally? I just saw that. I life? just saw that, right? You just yeah, I, yeah. It, it could be. We, we get that a lot. Like, no, you don't even know, like, fit really changed my life. And I think that's what people mean. Like, I don't have a specific person that's top of mind right now. And it sounds so extra. Like, what? Like, you just did a boot camp. What do you mean it changed your life? But that's exactly it. It, it unlocks parts of people and the whole lens through which they approach life becomes different. So it did change their life, but yeah, no, I don't have like a specific, a specific success story that I can like pull off the top of my head. I should have come prepared with that. That's okay. If you, if you get it, you'll send it to me and I'll add it to the podcast. Um, Okay. So where could, we're going to end. Where can people find you? I am, you can follow up my studio, the period fit period studios with an S. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm at Yakira Apfel, one A in the middle, Yakira P-F-E-L, but not a whole lot's going on on my page. My website is also thefitstudios.com. Does that cover everything? Yeah, people could sign up for the gym through that website you're saying. Yeah, or people sign up through the website, through Instagram. There are some links there to download the app. You register for an account and uh, we will reach out to you to help walk you through the whole process if you have any questions. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.